Welcome to the Terminal Exchange, the official podcast of Nussbaum Transportation, where we explore key issues and compelling stories in the trucking industry. I'm your host, Sage Anderson, and you're listening to episode 88, Telling Stories, the life and times of Sam Morbeck. Today, we're talking about trains, trucking, Uncle Tony, historic ice cream parlors, and understanding autism. You won't want to miss this one. So here it is, our featured exchange. So Sam, what's what's your full name? So my full name is Samuel Arthur Moravec. Arthur. So if you're paying attention to the initials, that actually spells my name. Okay. So. <laughs> That's funny that somebody thought that out. <laughs> yeah. Um, and where are you originally from? So originally, I was I was born in New Bern, North Carolina. Okay. And lived in Havelock, North Carolina, up until I was almost three years old. Okay. So. At that time, my father, he was stationed in MCAS, the Marine Corps Air Station, sure. Cherry Point, which is next to Havelock. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, he was in the Marines for 20 years. And then before before that, he was in the Air Force for five years. Uh-huh. So a 25-year uh, military uh, career span. Mm-hmm. And um, so in 1995, uh, that is when he retired. Okay. Now, even though he was stationed there at uh, Cherry Point, he was still, his place of residence was still in Illinois. Mm-hmm. And he was originally from Cahokia down near St. Louis. Okay. So, so you were there um, for how long till you moved to Illinois? It was about, okay, October, October 1st. I, w- I was born December in 1992. Okay. And then we moved in October in 95. Okay. And we actually moved here to Bloomington and my dad, um, he got it, it was at Heartland. So he got mm-hmm. a job as a AV, I think he said an AV technician okay. over at Heartland. So this was back when they were at the, um, that one building in the Tawanda Plaza before they got the big campus on Rab Road. Sure, yeah. So he started off there and then a few years later he Worked. At, he got a job um, with State Farm, mm-hmm. and he had that all the way. He had um, he had several um, supervisor positions between corporate, corporate South, and MRSF. Sure. Um, up until 2014, and that was when he retired altogether. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, and yeah. that's that's neat. So, do you ever go back to North Carolina to see any family or anything? Um. Right now, we we don't have any family who live there now. Okay. Um, I have not been able to be back there until it was after I started uh, driving over the road. Okay. I went to Schneider. It was I think a few a few months, probably about five f- five months after I started driving there. Sure. And uh, finally had a couple loads uh, going through or into North Carolina and out of North Carolina. So it was. Yeah. Quite a long time before I've been back there. So. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Um, and how, how big is your family? 
Well, starting with my dad, so he is he's one of ten children. Wow. So um, he had so I'll say it's three girls and seven boys. Okay. Um, now within my dad's um, circle, um, he was married to another woman named Brent, uh, Brenda before he had met my mom. So sure. and they had they had two kids. They had my daughter. Um, they had my sister Stephanie, mm-hmm. and then my brother Josh. Okay. And then in, at some point afterward, they divorced. And then later, Dad met my mom Patty. Sure. And then they married, and then I was born. So I was the first under my mom. Sure. And I was the third under my dad. Yeah. And then after me, there was my two brothers, Jake and Zach. Okay. So five. So it's five of us all together, and um, Stephanie and Josh. Um, they're both married right now. Stephanie is married to Dave, and they've been together. I think they've now just hit their 20-year anniversary. Wow. So yeah, that's impressive. <laughs> yeah. They wow. have um, they have three girls: sure. Leah, Caroline, and Allie. Yeah. And um, I'm excited for Leah, especially because she's about to graduate from high school. Wow. So okay, well, congratulations, <laughs> Leah, if you're listening. <laughs> awesome. Um, I think some of you, if you're watching, might be wondering, what is this thing on the table? <laughs> and it's exciting because, yeah, we usually don't have props in here, but there is a large train set. Um, so, Sam, where did your love for trains come from? Um, yeah, just explain. I've had, you know, this has been a lifelong, you know, just lifelong hobby I've had and passion that I've that I've had. I think back when I was little, little in my parents got me my first little uh, like wooden mm-hmm. train sets you know and I just I uh, love to play with those and then I've had different scale sizes you know and, sure. and um, I just every now and then when I could in the basement at at home set up like a little oval layout have sure. fun with it down there I, I just really Really enjoy the thrill of getting to see something going around, and yeah. uh, just to, and you can get really creative with it mm-hmm. too, with like different types of train cars you can that it, you can put behind it. So. Yeah, and you even have a new spawn model truck on it. Yeah. So <laughs> that yeah, that's essentially how our trailers are gonna get to us mm-hmm. is on a railroad card. So <laughs> um, awesome. Um, do you have a place nearby that you go and you like ever just like watch the trains or like a railroad museum or anything like that? Sometimes I used I used to go to um, used to go to the um, before even before Uptown Station here in Normal mm-hmm. was built. I go to the original Amtrak building that's still there in Uptown, and um, when I know when the Amtrak trains will be coming by, I just hang out there for a bit, watch them come and go, and then yeah. and then even after the new the uh, Uptown Station facility was built, and I've mm-hmm. done that for you know from time to time, and yeah, I really enjoy doing that. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, you talked about how your love for trains started in your childhood. Is there anything mm-hmm. else like noticeable or things that just stand out from your childhood? I think that um, just like some memories that are just they stay in my head that even going back to my childhood, like one for example is, and this is 
and it kind of hits me of as far as like the feeling of being ostracized, having moments of being ostracized, not really having as much much friends mm-hmm. to uh, be around to talk to. There was a one summer, my brothers and I when we go to uh, the day camp over at Smahurl Park here in Bloomington. There's one day I saw over in the pic- the main picnic area where the day ca- near, where, um, near the day camp that uh, there was another little boy there who he was very emotional and he was sitting alone. Nobody was approaching him. As soon as I saw that, I decided, you know, I need to go see why he's upset. Mm-hmm. And so I did that. He explained to me that he was scared of being alone. Mm-hmm. And uh, nobody would talk to him, and it just it just hit me right there. Mm. I really felt I related to yeah. that, and so I sat with him, talked to him, and tried to help him get over the stress of um, of feeling alone and not mm-hmm. like unwanted to be around. Sure. And uh, that really made his day. Okay. Yeah, so. that's a that's a good that's a good memory. Um, so you talked about this feeling of understanding how he felt ostracized. Um, you want to explain a little bit more like where that comes from? I think it's because, because I have autism and many people even to this day may still not be familiar sure. with autism and what it is. Yeah. And then the, the typical behavior mm-hmm. you could experience from someone who has it. Yep. And that it, um, and people often misinterpret it when they're not familiar. Sure. And unless, and then sometimes you have those who they may be familiar, mm-hmm. but they still want to stay away from it. Okay. But fortunately, I've haven't had that happen to me as much. Mm-hmm. I've met many people who have actually taken time to understand what that is. Sure. And I've. Um, and even going through school, I've had some teachers who have helped me with that mm-hmm. struggle. And like I've had a teacher assistant who sat with me in each class going through elementary school. I was put in special ed classes going into junior high and then even into high school. And mm-hmm. I was in some general ed classes in high school. Sure. So. Okay. Um, so you mentioned that some people just like aren't aware what it is. Like, could you give kind of just like a general definition of like? So it's basically kind of it's a neurodevelopmental disorder. Okay. So you just sometimes you have difficulty with um, with communicating with mm-hmm. others who are not on the spectrum. Okay. And then even with others who are on the spectrum. And um, and then you also have social challenges sure. as well. You don't know how to to um, like 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 every kid in school or in high school. Like a dream of going to homecoming or dance prom dance, you might be too, um, too nerve wracked mm-hmm. to do it, or you may not know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some some cases, and every case will be different for everyone who has it. Um, sure. In my case, I mean, I'm high functioning. So I'm able to, I've been able to 
over time and with support, mm -hmm. I've been able to um, become more independent and be able to uh, live on my own for myself. Sure. As opposed to others who may not be able to or need stronger assistance with it. Okay. Yeah. Um, would you say that there's any kind of gifts that come with it? Like maybe just you have some sort of talent that someone without autism wouldn't have? I think that's just the more I share, the more inf that I share with everybody about being more open with my life. Sure. Some people just, they find it very amusing and sometimes it kind of helps them with uh, being more open and not just trying to stay within their comfort zone. Sure. Yeah. So. so just being vulnerable and when you share something about yourself, mm -hmm. then they feel comfortable to likewise mm -hmm. share something kind yeah. of. Yeah. Be vulnerable, you know, be humble, be open-minded, um, eager to, eager to learn more. Yeah. And instead of just being somebody's like, oh no, I don't need to know that. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, I did want to share a few words that, um, Todd Evans, um, wanted to just yeah share with me so todd evans is um uh i don't want to call him a shop tech because he's not that <laughs> he he is a really special man he is cleaning all of the trucks he's like the mr clean <laughs> of new spawn yeah. you could say <laughs> <laughs> yeah so if you are moving into a new truck and you are very impressed with it that is todd evans for you so mm. he does a really good job good job todd <laughs> <laughs> And um, so you and Todd worked together at First Student for yes. some time. Mm -hmm. um, he was, was it your manager? He was, a, he was a safety manager for a while. He, I think he started off as a driver just like me. Sure. And then he would grow to become a driver trainer. And then he took on the safety role yep. in, in management. Yeah. And. So he liked to use you for like others to learn how to do things like uh, the pre-trip inspections and stuff like that right yeah he's he has told me he has done that without me even knowing about yeah. it so <laughs> yeah yeah so um in an email that he sent me he he also has a son with autism mm -hmm. and he said that he was having a really hard time understanding how to communicate with him and um you were someone that he was working with he did say that sometimes you'd ask a lot of like personal questions to get to know him more and he was confused. Mm -hmm. And then he realized that you were trying to understand what was going on with his son, um, mm -hmm. if I'm speaking correctly. Mm -hmm. um, and he said that he now, like after getting to know you and getting to work with you and have you explain things, he can communicate with his son. Um, he said that there's things that he learned that are just maybe triggers that he realized that he mm -hmm. just constantly was maybe talking to his son and hitting like a specific trigger. Yeah. And so Todd said that you are the most kind-hearted, generous person that he's ever met. And he wanted to also share that you make everyone laugh and feel comfortable. And um, yeah, he just is really grateful for you. So it's been a blessing to have met him and getting to know him these past few years, you know, and just, he's also, he says I've helped him and his son. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, he's been helping me, you know, it's even, I still even have my moments. Even today, I feel very, um, 
feel very lonely, feel like an outsider sometimes, but he mm -hmm. is one of quite a few people, whether at work or even outside of work, that he just, sure. he's helped fill the gap. And yeah. uh, very, always, always very grateful for him and anyone who's like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. Well, yeah, I'd love to talk about um, your bus driving experience. Mm -hmm some of the people you met, some more of that support group. So um, you were in high school and then you started working at, did you say McDonald's or where, where were you at? Or was that during? That was, that was while I was in high school. I had, okay. I've been there for about a couple of years. That was, um, so that gave me the, um, just the opportunity of getting familiar with having a job, mm -hmm. also serving the community to providing food to everybody, you know, and so, you know, it was, um, so it was very humbling to sure. uh, get that opportunity. And I got out of it um, halfway through high school, mainly to just to focus on getting through high school and yeah. just, um, and to um, prepare for, um, just for let, uh, what's gonna go on after that. Yeah. So, um, what, so you had McDonald's and then you went to Heartland Community College because you mm -hmm. wanted to become a driver, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What made you want to become a truck driver? Well, after I, you know, I've always wanted to, even with, even though I love, uh, I um, have a passion for model railroading for trains, I did want to work in railroading. That was something I was always saying to myself that this is what I wanted to do lifelong, but I've done research on the work-life balance and the environment of working in railroading. Mm -hmm. And I've even been able to ask some questions to active railroad employees mm -hmm. at the time. And what they were sharing with me, it was turning me away from that because there was some things that sacrifices they would have to make that are they're kind of similar to what we could make as truck drivers over the road. But they're even, I don't want to say extreme, but mm -hmm. just um, more long-term, I guess. Sure. They're more... Like away from home even longer? Even or? longer, and they they will control uh, your schedule. So okay. even if you had big family life events coming up and you wanted to ensure that you were there for that, they will look at you and say... You have, this is when you're scheduled to work, so you must be here. Okay. And mm -hmm. I didn't want, I didn't want to be told that. So yeah, I want to, that kind of I want to work when I want to work and I want to be there for my family and friends when I want, when they have something happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's really good that you did the research and found that out before you kept pursuing any further. Yeah. So trucking has, um, gives us more flexibility with that. Mm -hmm. And so, and uh, part of that and what led me to wanting to come here to Nussbaum is going back to when we were growing up here mm -hmm. in Bloomington, we actually happened to be neighbors with a Nussbaum okay. relative. We were neighbors with Kirk Nussbaum, Brent sure. and Tian's brother. Yeah. Growing up, we were, we were six houses down from him for 15, about 15 or so years. And uh, my parents remind me, you should try coming to Nussbaum. Mm -hmm. And they remind me that Kirk worked here at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
I really looked into it, and after I got my CDL, I tried. I tried it. I uh, tried to apply here. This was back when, at the time, they did not have a train program, so you have to have at least a year. Yep. Prior. Yeah. Um, so, I wasn't sure just yet about going to other um, carriers to build that experience. Mm -hmm. So that's what led me to first students to get a more local experience and mm -hmm. serving the community. Yeah. And then when I tried here again at New Spawn, when they had the train program by that point, they d they recommended I should try going to another carrier. And I was like, okay, okay. And then that's <laughs> what led me to um, going to Schneier because I was, I was like, okay, which carrier should I go to to build that experience up? Yeah. And Schneider presented the best, you know, um, opportunities for training me on how mm -hmm. to do the job just right, how to get from A to B, and how to adapt yeah. to the lifestyle. And as I started over there, I felt, I felt, I had felt very proud, and I've realized that, oh yes, I can do this. Yeah. My driver manager at that time when I was there, he even told me that. You know what, Sam? You've adapted to this lifestyle much faster than most new mm -hmm. people do. And over there, they had a one of their recognition programs that they have there at the time mm -hmm. was they had like driver of the month mm -hmm. and rookie of the month for company wide, and they nominated and voted me rookie of the month. Aww. So wow. that was a really, really proud moment yeah. for me. Yeah, and so. then you got a year in there, and just like mm -hmm. immediately, you're like, okay, new spawn, <laughs> or what happened? Um, a little over a year. So, probably, let's see, I was there from January in 2020, and then about February of 21 mm -hmm. was when I I started to apply here again. Okay. To um, try to get the ball rolling again with that, I did okay. talk with Cole at the time when he was in recruiting, mm -hmm. and after we had the phone interviews he was just really impressed yeah. with what i said you know with all the answers i gave him mm -hmm. and was seeing the experience i accumulated yeah and keeping my record clean as well in the process and he just offered it to me and i said yes absolutely <laughs> and then i wow. gave my then i gave my two-week notice to True. schneider and so i was able to part with them and and then uh getting ready to come in here mm -hmm. wow was it hard to leave Schneider? I mean, you sound like you enjoyed it. It wasn't hard. I just, um, within my past couple months mm -hmm. that I was there, freight at the time was slowing down and their pay system is different than ours. Sure. And it just seems like, you know what, this is the timing. This is to not only to make the switch over to, mm -hmm. you know, to another carrier and to, but also yeah. to keep preparing for going forward in life. Sure. And you probably got to be closer to home, I'm guessing. If we're in Bloomington, mm -hmm. that's where you're at. Yeah, because right. over the when I was over the road there, it was two weeks at a time, oh. and then coming over the road here, just one week. One week because of domiciling mm -hmm. here at the terminal. So. Okay, wow, yeah, that's awesome. <clears throat> um, so you were at first student, and then Schneider, mm -hmm. and at first student you met um, Todd, Lola, and Scott. Any? Yeah, and they're all at New Spawn now. Yeah, <laughs> there's a few of us who 
came over here from there. Um, I think me and Todd, we did we did not come directly. Sure. I know Lola and Scott did, um, but Todd and I we were elsewhere in between for student and Schneider. I mean, excuse me, New Spam. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's so. just nice that again you have multiple people here that you knew prior, mm-hmm. um, and that could just give you the confidence of like, okay, this is a good good place. Yep. Um, yeah, especially and Lola has been she's been very very helpful to me her and todd Mm -hmm. because and todd started off driving here but you know when all three of us were driving the both of them have really helped me out with giving me a lot of you know advice and many different tips yeah come both for coming in here and then after i got here yeah and then learning scott came in here i was i saw him out here in the i think over in the welcome center when i noticed i'm like (laughs) <laughs> uh, you know, first students over there, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's no, so neat. No. <laughs> um, uh, it'd, be, it'd be neat if you mentioned just some of the key people in your life um, that have shaped you into the man you are today. I know you got your Uncle Tony mm-hmm. that you want to talk about. I'd love to hear about him. Oh, my gosh. He was just... <clears throat> it's quite the... Really quite the rags to riches story with mm-hmm. him. It's... Um, so he was, um, I think I mentioned that he was one of, he was one of 10 children. So it was, um, it was three girls and seven boys. So Tony, he, um, let's see here. So they all grew up together in Cahokia. My uh, paternal grandparents raised, all raised them. Mm-hmm. And um, he went to business school, I think, after, after he graduated high school. And um he wanted to get in the pharmaceutical uh, business. So after he graduated, mm-hmm. he actually moved to Columbus, Indiana, and um, he started Applied Laboratories, Inc. That was his first pharmaceutical company. And then there's another one called Blarix Laboratories, which is uh, coincidentally right next door that he eventually bought. Um, yeah, and that was... Um, that was something that he had um, for the majority of his his um, career span, mm-hmm. I believe to say. Um, but he also he really he not only really cared about working hard to per, to um, to pers- was persevere if I'm saying that right, or just to mm-hmm. succeed. Mm-hmm. But he also really cared very deeply about everyone who he was close to whether it's those who he worked with or sure. close to close to his family and even to the community of columbus itself and so pretty interesting example of that was um in downtown columbus there is a um ice cream parlor mm-hmm. and museum it's called zaharico's and it was originally a family-owned um business after this um zaharico family um, they started it um, back in the year 1900, wow. so literally at the beginning of the 20th century. Yeah. And they have had three generations of family ownership in the business. Mm-hmm. And um, it was about 2006 when one of the original uh, founders um, passed away that led to the, the family closing it down. And that sure. was when my uncle... Tony had stepped up and he invested his own savings 
to not only to purchase the business from the family, mm -hmm. but to also restore it and maintain it. And uh, he spent he spent two years after he bought. He spent two years to um, um, restore it and preserve it, and then expand the um, the business by adding the museum. There's various different um, historic soda uh, fountain dispensers mm -hmm. in there. I've actually brought a couple of brochures. Here. So that's that's Uncle Tony right there on the front, mm -hmm. and that's the uh, that's the main entrance of the building there. Wow! And um, yeah, he just <clears throat> when you go there, here we go. When you go there, it's just it's so amazing to see what he the heritage of that place. It's mm -hmm. um, they just. They've had visit uh, that ice cream parlor has had um, it's had visitors from all over the country mm -hmm. for as long as it has been in it's been open and um, I always get a thrill every time we go out there. Like, he loved he loved hosting family mm -hmm. reunions at his home. He lived on a lake community with two really nice houses side by side, and he hosts the whole family mm -hmm. there, whether it's for Fourth of July, you know, celebration or like late summer, early fall. Sure. To, um, and then Zaharko's would be one of the go-tos. And I mean, it's just, for anybody listening here, if you ever have time or ever make time and want, want to just uh, find a place for like a weekend getaway and to mm -hmm. enjoy, you know, nice comfort food and some homemade homemade ice cream and you know uh, various different flavored um, sodas this is uh, a really good example here this is a, one I'd really recommend it's just so they have food there too right yep they've got okay. you know they've got like burgers they got say like um, they call it a gom sandwich basically it's like yeah. slop, like a sloppy joe okay. sandwich yeah <laughs> um, so they have yeah so their food everything everything made in house wow and the ice cream itself it's really good. They have there's one one their popular treat there. They call it the Big Z. Okay. But I will tell you, it's one that I can't get because it's five scoops. Oh my. Okay. I was like, look, I love <laughs> the ice cream, but that's too much for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so good though. But wow. some people some people love it though. But you know just. I would say I'd say make time to go there. It's uh, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, so it's called Zaharicos. Yes. That's a that's a cool name. Yep. Um, the family was um, originally from Greece, and when they immigrated to the U.S., they uh, settled in New York City for a time, and then eventually uh, moved to uh, Columbus. Okay. And yeah, that ice cream parlor. It's. Um, one, oh, one interesting thing that happened to it just recently, mm -hmm. um, just right before my Uncle Tony passed away, he was approached by a filmmaker mm -hmm. who was working on a was working on a movie about a Jewish ice cream man in uh, during the World War II mm -hmm. time period, and he asked to use the Heracos as a filming location. Wow. And he said yes, and... Uh, um, 
they actually just filmed, if I'm not mistaken, they filmed the scenes for it just a couple weeks ago. Wow. So Okay. And That's so movie, I've been told the movie is called The Ice Cream Man. Um, I'm not sure when it will come out, but when it does, <laughs> I do plan to watch it. Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, yeah, it's sad to see, hear your Uncle Tony has passed mm-hmm. away. Who's running the, the restaurant now? I think it's um, kind of between with between his um, his son, my cousin Ryan, and uh, the attorneys for his estate. I think okay. they are. I think it's like a temporary um, leader um, ownership and management sure. for the time being until they um, until they work out uh, what to do okay. with that because I know they really want to maintain and preserve everything that he left behind. Yeah. Um. Anyone else in your life that you wanted to mention just really made an impact on you or helped you or? Um, well, my maternal grandparents who, um, they actually, they themselves have also passed away mm-hmm. um, back in 2020, but I, my family and I, we loved going to visit them um, down in, uh, they lived in Boynton Beach, Florida for mm-hmm. majority of their retirement. So we, Growing up, every spring break, uh, mom and dad would um, take us. We would uh, fly down out of Bloomington down mm-hmm. there to West Palm Beach, and then we would meet them at their. They had a nice little duplex in the uh, retirement community that they lived in for <clears throat> a majority of their time mm-hmm. there, and then they eventually moved into, uh, um, I think it was a hospice um, sure. ca- um, living care facility. Mm-hmm. So, okay, awesome. Yeah. Um, well, to go back to Newspom, mm-hmm. what what are some things that you enjoy about working here? What drew you to Newspom other than <laughs> Kurt as your neighbor? <laughs> <laughs> just the overall, just the culture, really. Like I know a lot of people say that, but it's just amazing to uh, this kind of work environment. Is um, it's very rare to. Mm-hmm. to come across these days. And Newsbomb has become such a very strong and independent company. I love that Brent even wants to follow through with his own father's um, philosophy of taking care of your people so that way they take care of the business. Mm-hmm. And because most most big companies... You know, they always focus on primarily just the profits rather than yeah. the people, but it's the people that are bringing in that mm-hmm. profits. Yeah. So that and uh, and still, it's tr- it's a truck company, and allow it's I'm allowed to travel the country and with my family spread apart. You know, around the country, different corners, trucking is actually allowing me to see them more often rather than having to plan for um, us or them Mm -hmm. coming out and just to get together. Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Wow. Um, What advice would you give to someone that's wanting to work here? Just make sure that um, as you do your research on on on, on this company, is this really what you really what you want or do you just want to um, or you just want to make the money. I mean, you just know what kind of a work environment that you um, 
you want to be you want to be in. Mm -hmm. You want to be in a very positive environment. You want to be in a you know if that's something that you want. That's something I've wanted, mm -hmm. and that's what led me here. Um, and uh, just know that if you do come in here, no matter what anybody says, you're always going to have very strong support mm -hmm. from 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 other drivers. You'll have strong support here at the shop and the office, and don't and don't be afraid to ask anything. Like, mm -hmm. I've been told, you know, no question is stupid unless you don't ask it. So, <laughs> yeah. That's so good. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, we've enjoyed having you for, it's been two years now? Yeah. it's Two years? It's been just, yeah, just last week, I think. Last week it was two years. So I feel very proud that I have um, that I've uh, achieved that. I look forward to many more to come mm -hmm. here. And uh, it's just been really amazing. And today I got to share my story here on the podcast and Today, I've also closed the sale on my first house purchase. Wow. Okay. I deserve some clapping. We interrupt this program with a breaking news bulletin. Sam Moravec has purchased his first house. Can we give him a nice big round of applause? I don't know if everybody can hear that. Wow. Okay. In Bloomington or where? It's here in Bloomington. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's really exciting. I just going through the paperwork this morning and signing off everything and now it's just I feel it's settling in you know <laughs> wow but I feel really I feel very proud that I've um, you know for this mm -hmm. big chapter I'm starting my life setting up my own setting up my own home and uh, my parents have always have always provided me growing up mm -hmm. and I feel now it is my turn to provide it for my father because he is, especially these past few years, and um, yeah. So I've now that I've bought my own house, he plans to sell his, and I'm letting him move in, and Aww. so I will, you know, that way I can better secure myself. You know, building up my own home equity mm -hmm. and um, making his retirement so much easier for him. Wow. So. No, oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Wow. So like how far away from New Spawn? Just like 15, 20 minutes or? Uh, about 15. So, okay. and uh, yeah, before it was 30. So now just slice <laughs> it in half. So. <laughs> oh, wow. That is absolutely wonderful. Yeah. I feel excited oh. about moving back here into Bloomington. And uh, I mean, I've, We've had that place up there in Gridley for about 13 years now, so mm -hmm. it was it was nice at the time adapting to living rural and uh, mm -hmm. enjoying the scenery out there. Um, but going forward in life, mm -hmm. we thought it would be the right thing to do. Move sure. back in the suburb yeah. and you know just. Well, are you life. gonna have a train room there, <laughs> like, or is the whole house gonna be like a big train? <laughs> um, well, I will plan to build a big outdoor um, layout in the backyard okay. at some points and then maybe have maybe one smaller just oval layout somewhere in the in the house so okay yeah yeah wow well that is awesome i won't be cutting holes in walls anymore <laughs> upstairs <laughs> hey just it's, uh, yeah it, it's it's creative so yeah <laughs> yeah awesome 
Well, yeah. Sam, is there anything else you want to share before we before we close the episode? Just, you know, like I was saying about um, with, you know, with autism, you know, if you notice anybody who, you know, gives off the symptoms or if you're not familiar with autism, don't be afraid to, uh, you know, do some research on it and just to better understand um, people who who are on the spectrum and how and what they go through and um, and just uh, because you never you never know this could be somebody who you definitely want to be around and uh, make such a strong imp- and they could make a strong impact on mm-hmm. you so okay yeah wow well thank you again Sam we thank really you. enjoyed this thank you Hi everyone, this is CJ from Recruiting at Newsbomb, and I'd love to answer any questions you have about driving with us. Give us a call at 309-268-1199 or visit newsbombjobs.com. Talk to you soon. You've been listening to Terminal Exchange, the official podcast of Newsbomb Transportation. If you're enjoying our content, please leave us a review. Your reviews help us spread the word about these important topics and invite more people into the conversation. You can rate and review us on your podcast app or visit us online at terminalexchange.org. New episodes arrive every other Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow Newsbomb on your favorite social media platforms and be the first to know when new episodes are released. Thanks for listening. Until next time, own every moment and stay purpose-driven.